0: To the Wise Men Say podcast, you'll notice that my voice is in Stephen's voice, which means that Stephen isn't here. So you've got me, Gareth, um, sort of te- attempting to steer things this evening. Um, but I'm delighted to say I'm joined by former Sunderland striker Lee Howie I'm defender. Yeah, well, striker's more like exotic, isn't it, really, though? You do, you want to be remembered as a striker and not a defender, surely? Uh, come on, then, striker. Striker, see? Yeah. There you go. That was right. Um, and we've got Sunderland neckles uh, Phil Smith here as well.
1: I thought you were going to say I was the former Sunderland striker for a minute there. I yeah. mean
0: well, you know given some of the the standard football we've seen this season from some of the teams we've played maybe um, you could get in I reckon I, don't, I, know. I, reckon I
1: could play up front of Scunthorpe yeah. Well that, that's maybe
0: a touch harsh because some of the teams we've played have been half decent, I think the standard has been a little bit better than some of us expected and as a result we're back now because uh, normally we'd all be done and dusted, we'd have played south end and that would have been it Um, but as everybody knows we are consigned to the the lottery of the playoffs I Mm -hmm. think is the cliche Um, the terror of the playoffs that's what I like to sort of refer it to Um, it's funny because this season I think a lot of people you know start of the season maybe would have said playoffs and then because of the, the run of form that we had is pretty decent and we we're looking you know borderline we might go up automatic especially seven games ago um, when we were joint second with 39 games gone two games in hand on barnsley um, and then we end up finishing fifth now i'm sure a lot of sunland supporters would not have accepted fifth place at the start of the season however you had been one of them yeah you would been one of them <laughs> however if we get to the playoff final and I think if somebody said to you at the start of the season, would you take the playoff final now, one hit it going up automatically, do you think Sunderland fans would have taken that? Or would you have taken that? No. I, no. Promotion. I mean, if, if you're saying we get promotion through the playoffs, and you can guarantee
2: that, I, I, it doesn't really matter. The, the goal for this season was going up, and I think a lot rides on, 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 on the next possibly three games. Which is not where we wanted to be. I think, as you say, it's the lottery. It's the terror. It's it's everything you don't want at the end of the season. I obviously wanted that Southampton again to be to be the party time. We went down there to celebrate a, a promotion season, but it just hasn't turned out that way.
0: I well, mean, from your perspective, Phil. I mean, at the start of the season, you know, would you have accepted the playoff final? Right? I'm not going to say the playoffs, and obviously we've got to beat Portsmouth, um, which we haven't done yet this season. Um, whisper that, um, but. Would you have accepted that at the start of the season?
1: I would have personally, yeah. Absolutely. Haven't seen haven't seen this squad, or not even a squad come back for pre season and and, you know, the kids that were going out to essentially get you up to kind of fifteen, sixteen players, never mind twenty five, twenty six. Haven't watched them through pre season, kind of struggling to find that kind of identity, if you like, to the team. Haven't watched them in the first twenty minutes against Charlton on the first day of the season where they looked absolute like a bit of a rabble, to be honest. If you'd said to me at that point, would you take right now a playoff final and kind of a one last chance to go up? I think I absolutely would have taken it at that point. The slightly strange thing about the season is, is that coming into it, I think what we all expected is that they would maybe start quite slowly because of the upheaval, but then they would gather some momentum and they would improve over Christmas time. And after Christmas, suddenly you would, you know, they would kind of kick on and they might go on that long winning run like you had under Roy Keane and other promotion seasons. And it's quite hard to work out why it's actually gone the other way, why they were grinding out results at the start of the season. I haven't been able to do that recently. And I think that's the, the interesting thing that we maybe quite haven't got our heads around yet. And maybe it is just down, to the, you know, down in the large part to losing Josh Madger and the kind of points he won earlier in the season. But I think that's why maybe at the moment there's this kind of almost flatness and this disappointment because it's kind of been the opposite to what we expected. They got themselves in a great position and have tailed off rather than, maybe what we expected was it would be quite tough at first while the players got used to each other and while everyone got their feet under the table and then maybe in the new year you would start to kind of power on. But strangely, it's almost been the opposite of that.
2: I mean, Phil, I just come back I mean, I get what you're saying, but how many draws have we had this season? Well, we've gotten ourselves in a good position and we've ended up sitting back and we've conceded. It's happened many, many, many times and I understand, obviously, the beginning of the season was a bit chaotic because we, we had a right upheaval with new management, uh, everybody coming with new owners and stuff but i think the lads got themselves in a good position i think they're, they're a good squad they're a, i guess every team in the, in the in league one would like some of our players but i think unfortunately we, we just haven't achieved we, we've conceded too many equalizers or we've we've just managed to scrape a draw which is which has been very very disappointing you take half of them or even a third of them and we're promoted
0: it's it's funny isn't it because you look at it on paper, the stats up to the Coventry game, we had the third best defensive record on the league, where people are saying we're leaking too many goals. Up to the game against Fleetwood, um, we had the third best scoring record in the league. But yet people were saying we're too defensive, not aggressive enough. Um, it's the draws really that have sort of tempered that, um, you know, I don't know, t- t- sort of distorted the, the stats in that respect, because... Maybe we haven't scored batches of goals in in number of games. We've scored in every game, but the Barnsley game this season, um, you know. Whereas Barnsley may have had a few nils in their column, but then they've beaten somebody, you know, three two or three one or four um, <clears throat> one. So, yeah, I mean, do you think maybe going back to kind of Phil's point, um, and obviously coming from a player's perspective, yourself, you know we had few players at the start of the season we kind of cobbled that team together we, I think we won four of the first five games um, as players have come back in and then in January we were strengthened we brought in what's it five or six players I think we brought in January Yeah. do you think maybe that can disrupt things at a point do you think you know that, that I'm not saying the squad unity's been disrupted Yeah. but it's almost like the managers had a bit of a a bounty of choice because when that was the first time he had everybody fit as well, when everybody came in, all of a sudden he had a squad of about 28 players to pick from. Chris Maguire went by the wayside, he didn't make the bench after being one of the star players at the yeah. start of the season. You know, have you been in a dressing room like that where you've had all these players coming available and then it kind of the manager doesn't really know what to do I, with them? I, probably there was a bit of that, but
2: that's what he gets paid for, that's what he's the manager of the football team. He has to come quickly to his, his best 11, and I still think now. Coming into the, the the game on uh, Saturday against uh, Portsmouth, I, I actually still think he maybe have a few doubts of who he's going to play in his first eleven, which is a which is a really tough place. And I think the players feel it. I think the players are looking around the dressing room wondering if they're playing or not playing. And I think it, 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 it sometimes breeds uh, a little bit of lack of confidence in yourself because the teams I've played for generally have, and the teams that normally do well are the ones that it's the cm 11 generally or the cm 13, 14 who turn out week in, week out and produce for the for the team and, and you know where you are. I think at times I think we've been lacking in that way.
0: I mean, again, going back to the point about the amount of players we had at the start of the season, looking at the team at started start of the season, I know Charlton's probably much changed as well and I know, I think the guys who did the sort of bit of a playoff preview regarding the opposition kind of touched on this but I think it's worth reiterating that, the day we beat Charlton 2-1, the team was John McLaughlin, Donald Love, Adam Matthews, so obviously Matthews playing left back, um, Barney Mumba, Glenn Leuvens, Alamoz Turk, Lyndon Gooch, Luke O9, Joss Madger, George Hun- Honeyman and Chris Maguire. And on the bench, we had uh, Robin Reuter, Denver Hume, Brian Oviedo, Jack Baldwin, Elliot Embleton, Luke Molyneux, who um, who came on, sorry, for Jerome Sinclair, who came on earlier, and then he got injured, obviously, yeah. and went off. Um do Molyneux news, obviously out on loan. Um, Elliot Elms out on loan. Um, Denver Hume obviously has made an impression this season. But you look at that team, and if we had to play that now, I think we'd have a lot of very, very worried faces um, in the stands. Um, yet we won that game. Just, just about. But we won the game, and <laughs> yeah, that, that's yeah. all that matter. If we Fields. just beat Fleetwood and we just beat Southend, yeah. and which, if we just beat the pl- just win the playoffs, I'll be, I'll be delighted. Exactly, yeah. exactly. But it just goes to show. It, maybe it's not so much about personnel, it's about, you know, mentality, character and, and you know, the way a game can, a game in itself can change. Mm. Um, and actually, you know, that Charlton game was a massive game for so many reasons. Um, you know, the new ownership's first proper game. I know they had the, the uh, Wolves game at the end of the uh, last season, but it was really was, you know, this is the start of the new era. Yeah. Um, and moving on to the game at the weekend, it's the biggest game of the season without a doubt I mean it's win or bust really yeah. um, you know is that going to carry the, the lads through after that terrible sort of end of the season where we've won like wait, one in seven I think we've won um, from my point of view we're, we're just talking about the playoffs yeah the mentality of the players is
2: this is three cup finals and your form before, your form after, For whatever it is, you just go out and you play. It everything goes out the window. That's why it's a lottery. It doesn't matter. You cannot kind of read in anything a little bit. Yeah, we've had a bad run, but so is Portsmouth. But I'm telling you what, they'll be ready, and I'm sure Sun will be ready. They'll have, they'll have, they'll have trained all week, absolutely concentrated. It's, it's a bit you know a bit like the Checker Trade Trophy. They'll they'll come out all guns blazing, and I, and I get that, and I hope everybody turns out to watch watch. It. That probably is a really really good game, but forget about everything that's gone on. This is completely different. This is one off games. I mean,
0: we've played Portsmouth what? Three times now this season. Um, so we'll have racked up five and by the time we get to the end of this campaign. Um Do you think there's been a little bit of revisionism about some of the teams at the top of the league and in, in that we've we probably outplayed Portsmouth for the large spells of the games that we've played and we haven't beaten them yet and you know the results of count and we talked we were talking earlier Phil about, you know, we've got the best team on paper people say, but then every other team at the top of the league is better than us, the faster than us, the quicker than us, the stronger than us, all the players are taller, all this kind of stuff. I, I think there's a
1: I think there's a natural instinct as any any football fan, especially when you a club like Sunderland where you've had your fair share of difficult years where you can become a bit fatalist and you turn every other team around you into Ajax and you pour constantly over the kind of deficiencies in your team and your pick holes and where you can improve. And you don't really do that with the opposition teams. And if we look at Portsmouth, in many ways, they are absolutely what a lot of fans would say that Sunderland haven't had this year. They're physical. They've got big target men who hold the ball up. They've got big centre-halves who don't really get beaten in the air. They've got powerful midfielders. You would kind of look at them and say that, in a lot of ways, that's where Sunderland's been lacking. And yet, if you go back to the game at the stadium like a couple of weeks ago, Sunderland controlled it for the vast majority of it. Portsmouth, I don't think they had a shot target in the second half. I might be wrong on that, but if they did, it was certainly one or two and they never tested John McGotman. So it's been this slightly strange dynamic with Sunderland this season. And I get why people are so disappointed that they haven't gone on and got automatic promotion because there have been spells in most games where they've really controlled it. And that was another example of that, where they played some really good football, completely controlled the midfield, got the ball in the wide areas, got McGeady one-on-one, which is when they're at the best. But for whatever reason, they haven't been able to do that in 90 minutes often enough. But certainly, I think you know you, you can't be going into this Portsmouth game with any negativity. There's there's no reason to be at all because for all, yes, Portsmouth are a, a very good, solid league one side and they've definitely got things that Sunderland don't. And I would look at the centre-halves, big, strong, don't get beaten. But Sunderland have shown in, in, in large patches and every time they've played them this season that they can compete with them and actually they can outplay them. I mean, even that game at Fratton Park where they lost 3-1... I thought Sunderland were much the better side yeah. in the first half. I thought, no, they didn't create loads, but Portsmouth barely had a sniff in front of a sellout crowd. Sunderland looked in complete control, really well set up, and then obviously you get a red card at the start of the second half and it unravels a little bit. But there's no reason There's no reason to think that Sunderland can't go out and win over, over two legs. And sometimes, yes, there are deficiencies in the Sunderland side, but it's very easy to get sucked into playing those up and then looking at the other teams and building them up and building on their strengths rather than, you know, there's been nothing between these two teams over the course of the season. There's no reason to think that's going to be any different over the over these two legs.
0: I mean, have you ever played in a in a playoff before in your career? No, not in any any of the leagues you played or anything like that. No, no.
2: I mean, I played in games that we had to win, otherwise we went up or we went down, which are, which are very very similar. It's 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 do or die really. It's uh, win or bust.
0: Well, you had the, the spell at the end of the 95-96 <coughs> season where we had a. F- you know, it was a bit sticky going into the end of the season. Obviously, yeah. Mike Bridges scored those two goals in that game against Huddersfield. Yeah. All that kind of stuff. You know, what's the atmosphere like in in there before the before these games? You know, what have you ever had this spell where you've gone through a bad patch and you've got some big games coming up? And you know, how do you mentally turn that around as a group? I think you've
2: you've got to have big characters in in the dressing room, and I think that's what it is. And, and obviously, the, the manager, and the coach, and stuff lead. Again, it's it's trying to make it light through training. It's not too serious, otherwise you just you just absolutely going to meltdown. I think before the game, I think it's just trying to keep it light training, just your normal routine. But you know, you know it's coming. You, you can feel it. You know, you're not sleeping too well. But when it comes to that changing room, you know you you're there to do one job, and you do get some characters. Obviously, we, we had we had a number of them in, in, in our changing room. So it's up to the guys who have been there and done it. Maybe a McGeady, Catamore, Ledbetter. They can put their hands around some of these lads who have never been in this situation. It's going to hopefully be a, a big, big crowd. It's law on it, but they need to settle them down and just get on the game. Because as, as Phil said, Portsmouth are very much beatable. We've we've dominated them for large parts, but we just haven't put them away. And I'm hoping, you know, as as it comes around, as you see, this is the fourth time we, we we get the better of them.
0: I think. Do you think that's a slightly worrying thing coming on the back of? Um you know, the last two games of the season where it was very much that in the first half against Fleetwood and then the second half, it was almost like we'd just completely switched off and then we played that way continually through the South End game. Um, you know, I know we changed the system in the South End game as well, at four four two. Yeah, 2 um, Why do you think, I mean, I don't know what your opinions on that were, why would he change that system in that Is he, he's not going to play 4-4-2 against any of the teams surely that were facing in the playoffs or was it just a needs must thing because he wanted to rest some players or
2: yeah, but I, th- I think it was a dead rubber in the end wasn't it against Southend and but I think then it wasn't was it could we won if we yeah. won the game we wouldn't yeah. have been playing Doncaster who we've beaten
0: twice this season
2: Yeah, but I think the mentality whether or not somebody was telling them what the score was at it, uh, it Fratton Park I'm not too sure if, if you knew but the, going into it I think yeah me, me myself, I, you know, I, I had no interest really in the game. I, I was very disappointed that we hadn't gone up, and we we you know, just fell away at the end. But uh, yeah, maybe maybe it was maybe it was just you know, second guessing and thinking. Do you know what we could probably do with these, giving these lads a little rest.
0: It was it was frustrating to watch. I thought because at the start of the game I was a bit like, well, it doesn't really matter. It you know, and then as it went on, it dawned on I was like, well, actually, you know, if we win this game. We, think. we could be third and I think mentally third doesn't look too bad You know, you go, I think
1: it's a massive opportunity missed because with the greatest disrespect to Doncaster there's been five pretty good teams in the league and then Doncaster have been the best of the rest but there is an absolutely massive gulf mm. in quality from fifth to sixth as, if know, it had been two or three no, more
0: games Coventry probably would have gone there I know Doncaster yeah. beat Coventry in the last day and Coventry were out of it but I would say Coventry might have snuck in if there was two or three games left yeah, in the I, season I, I, the way they played. Yeah,
1: we we saw when when Doncaster came up to the to the stadium like not so long ago there was an absolutely huge gulf in quality from than, what we saw yeah. from them from what we saw from the likes of Luton, Portsmouth, and even Charlton on the first day of the season had their moments for for a lot of that large part of that game. So it was it was it was an incredibly frustrating afternoon because I think one there's been this kind of flatness this week because of the way you finished the season, and you know hopefully that'll by the time Saturday night comes around that'll have gone, but there's no doubting that you would have had that positivity if you kicked on and got third, and quite frankly, you would have been playing a weaker opponent um and you know there's there's no getting past the fact that that's a huge opportunity missed. I think it will have um you know we talked about the four four two and and why he did that. I think one thing is it will have certainly answered a lot of things in his own mind in terms of who he's going to play on on Saturday because I'm not sure anybody really put their hand up who came into the side or who was given another opportunity I actually um,
0: thought O9 did all well, did well when he came into the middle and, and Sterling did alright I, I mean at the moment I'd I played probably dunk a what more on one leg instead of Lyndon Gooch <laughs> the way he's been playing for the last five months yeah. um, unfortunately he's, he's well I don't dipped know what, I don't know what yeah. to, I mean dip, there's dipped and then there's that I mean yeah. I don't know what that is you know just, what I mean just It's a just, complete lack of confidence oh it's unbelievable yeah. Um real shame because he was such a key you know, player at the start of the season um, I think he's still probably our leading assist maker actually um, which is alarming in a different respect um, I don't think that's because we haven't created chances by the way I just think it's because we haven't when we've been in those dominant situations in games I mean you look at the Charlton game actually away at their place we should have been 3-0 up at half time mm. you know come back out score your own goal and then we're under massive pressure um, but yeah I mean Going back to the game on Saturday, you know, two very different things. I know people are going to be like, probably, you know, smashing the radio, phoney, phone, whatever, out of the bus window, across the car, whatever they're doing, into the bath. Um, But you look at the game at Anfield um, against Barcelona, Liverpool played um, on Tuesday night, um, and the atmosphere. You know, all those people coming together to to make a difference in the game. Um, and it did make a difference in the game. And, you know, Sunderland, like, people say, oh, it would be, you know, it wouldn't it be great if Sunderland were like Barcelona where well, they were last night in that they had, were 3 0 up and <laughs> shut it away yeah. and lost 4 um, 3. And I'm not saying that's something that something can going to recreate that atmosphere. But I think since those flags have come in, I think the atmosphere in the stadium has improved. I think it's lifted things. Um, I'm just looking at this here um, based on some st- st- stats that. Sunderland have sold just over twenty thousand tickets. Um, obviously, Portsmouth they've got a max allocation of two. So at the moment, the attendance for Saturday's game is twenty two thousand. Now, I'm not gonna like start, you know, twisting about people's decisions, whether they go to the game or not. And I know that there's time between now and Saturday for people to go and get tickets to the game. I know, maybe there's that. Malays where it creeps up and you're like, oh god, i have got to go to the match on Saturday. I wasn't expecting that because a lot of people would have been expecting to finish fourth or third anyway, which would have pushed our home leg back to Thursday or Friday. Yeah. Um, but I'm a little bit surprised that you know there hasn't been an immediate uptake where people are going right, we need to get along there and sort of you know all come together and try and generate that that atmosphere. And I think that it's one of these that will. It'll dawn on a
2: few. I think the disappointment's still there. I think I think there's quite a few. A lot of fans are disappointed, especially finish fifth, which is our worst finish in our history. I think we've, mm-hmm. we've got to take that on board, and I think the. I mean, even if it finished it, third or second, it would have been still our a, worst. Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. but I, I get it. But ultimately, I think people are still disappointed. But I think. Eventually, and I know, I know, my son's. You know, he'll be buying his ticket tomorrow, and I know his, his school friends. On I think eventually by Friday, I think you'll you'll find that 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 goes that that, that goes up. So, I ain't got too much of a worry about how many. I mean, if it's thirty thousand again, it, as you said, since the flags have come up, I think the pre-match, the atmosphere is really, really, really took off. It, it is. It's a it's a special place to be when the noise is going and it's fantastic. But the players have got to assist. On that, and well, I, think that,
0: I think that's a real fair point. In what I made this week on social media is that I think in the stadium, we've, we've played what, 60 games a season, there or thereabouts, maybe a few more. Um, and you know, you can't say that in the stadium, that, you know, on social media, you get you know, that negativity, it's, it's a natural, you know, it's a breeding ground for negativity. But in the stadium, there's a few grumbles and groans, and you know, spells where people are frustrated. But you know the prime example of the you know the polar opposite is the act-written game where everyone's on the floor and then Chris McGuire comes on and all of a sudden the place is you know bouncing because we're two all and we've got a chance of winning the game. Um, but I wouldn't I would say that you know the team home and away has been absolutely backed by the fans no matter how many are there this season. I think this might sound a little bit harsh, but I think the last six games the players have let the fans down. And I think to get that belief back, especially going into the second leg, um, they're going to have to, you know, perform and not not just play well for sixty minutes and then just not quite do enough and draw one one. When they're on top in the game, they've got to punish them and make take the chances and make everybody believe again. It's about time to I say I won't say it's about time. That's harsh. At it, it this current moment. It's time that the players give something back to the supporters and got got them back on side. In my opinion,
1: yeah, it's it's 100% right. And, you know, we talked a little bit about about the attendance. And, you know, I remember I mentioned earlier that Roy Keane season where they went up from the Championship. And the attendances weren't absolutely massive back in those days. A lot of the attendances were smaller than what we've had this season. But the atmosphere was absolutely unbelievable. And in those days, you had the Premier Concourse open as well. So you had the people a bit more spread out. But the atmosphere was amazing because people always believed that Sunderland were going to find a way to win, even when they fell behind or they were drawing late on. And I think the, and I think it's up to the players to show that. And to be fair, you know, we was speaking to Lee Catmull yesterday, and he said exactly the same thing. And he said, you know, th- there is a little bit of a flatness at the moment, but it's up to the players in the first half an hour on Saturday night to show to the fans we're in control of this game, we're on it, and if we do that, the place will be absolutely rocking. And of course, he's he's absolutely right.
0: It doesn't take long to shake those cobwebs off, I think, and you know, give the belief back in in the game itself. It's the result at the end that carries our belief on. Um, You know, it, we've seen it too many times a season where we've dominated games, chucked it in. You know, I know people say it's 19 draws or whatever it's cost. It's not really 19 draws, it's two draws really out of those games. You know, you convert them into wins, yeah. you know, you, you're in a lot healthier position. Yeah. Uh, so it's. it's.
2: I mean, as I say, like yourselves, I've, I've watched many, many games and never, ever. Well, obviously until the last couple of games, could I doubt the lad the lads commitment Well that's it the effort's they, been there. The effort has always been there and that's uh, as as football fans as Sutherland fans, that's the obviously the least and, and they the giving it all the giving it all. Obviously, I think where they've and we've touched on it here uh, well where, where we've been talking is other teams can blow the teams away. We've never been able to do We've been on top for, say, 60 minutes maybe, or even the first half, we've absolutely dominated. The other teams never get out of their half, and we'll create and create and create, and it's 1-0. And then second half, all of a sudden, they get a little bit of momentum, they throw it forward, and then we're under the cosh. The amount of games I've seen like that, and then it's ended up 1-1. It's 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 been very, very disappointing. We we've, we've had a team that can do so well and then just flick a switch and they're under the caution, and we've struggled we've struggled on many games which should you know which is, which I've been disappointed with
0: do you think the standard's been a little bit higher than maybe you would have expected going uh, the season? not really no
2: no, I don't think so i think what what has happened though is uh teams have been coming to the stadium alight and it's and it's the best game they've ever played, I think unfortunately, Sunderland have to play. Their teams have come to the stadium alight with the hundred percent commitment. I think if I was going to Kenilworth with Rod, would I? Would well the try as as if I was at the Sol in front of thirty thousand? Probably not. I mean that extra five ten percent means a lot, and I think we've suffered that through the season. And there's a
0: practically closed stand along the <coughs> main part of the pitch at Barnsley as well, isn't it? On one yeah. side, the, that old stand. Yeah. Um, you know, it's obviously the TV camera faces out from it, but. You know, it's a similar sort of thing, really, and you know. But the interesting thing about the attendances for Sunderland as well for, for this weekend, and the appetite um, when Portsmouth came up last time, um, they asked for more tickets. Um, this time, I don't think they've sold out the reduced allocation due to the. Um, the beef that they generated last time they came up. So I think they've got a reduced allocation. I don't think they've sold their 2,000 and it's a Saturday night as well. So that's not a bad kickoff time if you're coming up from Portsmouth really, is it, in terms of coming up in the day, Mm -hmm. going to the game, staying over. Their biggest game of the season, it's the same. So if we're talking about Sunderland being on a bit of a downer because of the results that they've had at the end of the season, Portsmouth arguably, you know, using that as a, you know, as a barometer. You could argue that they're probably as low as us at the moment um, because they've chucked it really. I mean, as I said earlier, so they've yeah. been been a good yeah. one. And I, tell I mean, you well, they, mind you, they won seven on the bounce, played us to drew, and then they took a point from the last two games. You know, I couldn't believe actually Portsmouth came to us and just settled for a point. And they'll do that again, sadly. It? It's just not, well, but it, I just think it's incredible like yeah. that, that. They needed to win that game. They needed to win that game, and they did. They They didn't pressurise. I mean, some would say, and I think Sunderland played well in that game and and restricted Portsmouth and didn't let them, um, you know, maybe do what they wanted to do, which is a positive thing for us. Um, But I was just really surprised that they didn't throw the kitchen sink at it and think, you know, well, we might as well. If we win this game, we've got a brilliant chance of getting up automatically. And then I, I just can't, I can't, still baffles me that but I don't know what you thought at the time. It was,
1: a, it was a very strange game because I think it was obvious that nobody was going to go completely for it early on because the last thing you want to do is kind of put yourself out of the game early on. But what you what you were kind of waiting for was that point of 70, 75 minutes where suddenly it becomes very open and everyone decides, right, we need to win this. And Portsmouth just just never did. They just sat in and they were happy to just slow the game down. And, and to be honest, I wasn't hugely surprised they went and lost a couple, a couple of days later because I think it, from their perspective, it just must have been a very deflating performance to have won seven it would put yourself into a fantastic position to then draw at Sunderland which not a terrible result as of itself but to play that way must, I think must have knocked a, the wind out the sails a little bit and you know I, you you read the comments from fans from the manager from players down there that you know their pointed at Quinton last weekend the reaction has been very similar to what we had after losing to End. and I think what you mentioned there about the about the tickets and the fact they've struggled to push them is obviously a cost factor in that as well, given they were up here a couple of of weeks ago. But it also, I think, reflects the fact that both clubs are probably at this point in time feeling a pretty huge emotional and mental fatigue because both teams have had such a long season. Don't don't forget that Portsmouth were running away with it at Christmas and they looked like they were going to storm the league, went on a terrible run, then had that unbelievable weekend at Wembley, then looked like they were going to do it again and then fell away again. And so both sides, I think, are probably still... Trying to just deal with this almost mental fatigue of this. Oh God, we're going to have to lift ourselves again for one kind of, one kind of last push. So that they're, they're certainly not coming to Sunderland in, in better shape or better confidence or or a better mood.
0: I mean, in numbers, are the two most well-supported teams in the division, aren't they? You know, I mean, Bradford obviously well-supported too. Obviously, unfortunately for them, they got relegated. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think that it does reflect it. But I think when it gets to the tomorrow. And, you know, the press, you know, Jack's press conference happens and then people start talking about who's available for the game and all that kind of thing. And all of a sudden it'll be like, I need to get to the game. You know, the all that negativity, you know, will disappear and it'll turn into the, you know, it was like in the Premier League, you get beat off, you know, I don't know. Anybody, Wigan. <laughs> yeah, Wigan one nil, <laughs> and it'd be the worst thing in the world. then you'd be like, you know, I think it was actually four nil. Yeah, one yeah at, ten, at, at yeah. Uh, ten to three on Saturday when you've got like Chelsea at home, you believe that like, you're going to win the game. Um, you know, and, and and it'll be the same. You just hope that people get down there and get behind them because you know together, you know that 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 goal on the first day of the season, going back to my point, right at the start of the show. You know the supporters, you know, suck that ball into the net. Yeah. The will, They wanted that win, because we knew, we knew it. It would be the catalyst. Um, but you th- do you think it's going to be anything but? I mean, you. Th- no, I'm not. I'm not saying it won't be, be. But even if it's 25, 000, maybe 30, I've just been spending too much time <laughs> on social media, seeing everybody like. Everyone should be sacked. Everyone should be released you know it's that sort of thing but you know it becomes that echo chamber you're sitting there and everyone's saying these things and you start to believe it but
2: i mean i am really disappointed i mean like i mean really really am i'm just just so disappointed at how the the the, the, the season panned out in terms of wanted us to you know go on and win it by a, a long way i was one of these one of these fans who really thought we should have and and i am disappointed but Am I not going to game on Saturday? Well, of course, because ultimately you've just got to think, right, the goal was to go up, and if we, we can still do that. And all the positivity has to be with the players. The players understand yeah. the situation, and ultimately it's Phil was saying, the two, had, the two teams have had fatigue, must be absolutely done in after what's going on, the ups and the downs of the season. But it comes to the mental strength, who's going to be the strongest, who's got that best dressing room. And for me, Sunderland has to get out the blocks quick and really, as I say, start to dominate. Because I'm sure Portsmouth players will not relish coming to us no. again and having to get cheers and cheers and cheers because that's what they do. Because we kept the ball off them for yeah. long, long
0: periods of the time. I mean, some of their better players had quite poor games the last time they came up. I mean, mind the Curtis, the winger. He's supposed to be one of their best players this season. He scored in the first game. He's dreadful in in the final, yeah. and then the lad who came on changed the game for them and then he was absolutely worse in the in the mm. game up here. Yeah. Um so maybe they've got an issue in playing in front of, you know, you know, in those atmospheres away from home. Although their way record was pretty good. I mean, I think they've their their home record's not been but the best this they, season. Can
2: they deal with the pressure? Because playing at home in front of your home fans when it's a sellout is it's a difficult place to be sometimes when, when things are not going too well. It's again, it comes down to that mental strength always.
0: I mean, well, it often doesn't go too well in front of many people at Sunderland. <laughs> so we, we should be used to that by now. Um Going on to the, uh, the game itself and <clears throat> main comment around the management and everything's been, you know, does he even know his best team? That's been the, the, the barber recently, you know, he's changed this, he's changed that. You'd expect McGeady to be involved. He's obviously just been rested, and he was obviously playing. You know, he must be healed up a little bit better than he than he was before. You'd hope so. Doesn't really matter, does no. it? He can play on. you play one f- one tour yeah. if he wants and injected. You know. Maguire will be is 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 back. He's played a few games. Um, you know, he rested Honeyman Morgan. I would say has probably been. One of our best players recently, recently right. um, and he's going to come back. Um, you know, Powers probably come into a little bit of form. I would say over the last sort of month, he's played decent. And Ledbet has been on the bench, so we've got all these options again. So why didn't I go up? <laughs> exactly. I'm just saying. You know, what, what looking ahead to that game what are you thinking in terms of selection I mean the centre backs again is a big discussion um, the left back situation with James being out it's been like do we play Oviedo or do we play Hume? Um, you know what what are your thoughts on that on, on that selection e, uh, for the I, weekend I think he'll go with
2: what he went with when we were doing OK so he'll, he'll go with I, I believe he'll, he'll probably be done, maybe. And, and so, you
0: think he's going to bring Dunn back? Maybe. I, I, th- I would actually keep Oz Turk in because I think he's actually done all the basics that I've, we've been missing by I think out of the other defenders.
2: All of the places, I think we can all have our opinions who we play. Is it Greg? Is it wide up front? Are, are we playing the, the two up front? Are we playing one sitting with Maguire? Is McGee? You know, I think the midfield and forward lineup, I think, picks itself. Again, it's a flip up between Oviedo and Hume. I'm I'm happy with either. I'm not bothered. but but our two centre backs has been a huge issue recently and I think when he swapped the two of the lads out when he swapped Flanagan and uh, and uh, Baldwin Baldwin out for the two and there was the Donc the Didork here. Yeah
0: we got we didn't concede in that game.
2: They went you know, it was a bit more basic, it was just like it and kick it, but Dunk as as we've just touched on, Doncaster and another Portsmouth. And I think and I think at times looks like our central defensive uh, partnerships is it doesn't matter which one we're playing i think there's a lot of confidence like that again and i'll go back to confidence it just seems to be we just saying every time the ball comes in the box and stuff it just seems to be a panic which is a real worry to me when i when i look at it you you need that real real strength through the spine of the team
1: yeah i mean if, if we're having this discussion about why sunland haven't gone up automatically well of course there's, there's an awful lot of reasons and it's very complicated but the fact that we could just sit here and discuss who should play in each one of the four positions in defence ahead of the first leg of a playoff semi-final, I think gives you a pretty good indication of why they haven't gone up. Because I don't think any team that gets promoted, I think they all have pretty settled defences. Yeah. I would argue that, you know, if if you look at Portsmouth, I can stri- say straight away, Clark and uh, Whatmore. Whatmore has been injured, you know, Luton, Pearson and Bradley, Barnsley, Pinnock and Lindsay, they've played every, pretty much every game together and they've had that stability in, I think you know the fact that we're going into a game such a huge game potentially you could have a discussion over who plays in each of the four defensive positions. Mm. You know that's a sign of something that clearly they didn't didn't quite come off in terms of recruitment and but it's been a big factor all in, season. In
0: terms of that is not a case maybe in some areas it's been the injuries that have caused a changes, definitely in the full back areas because Mathieu was constantly injured, Hume was injured, Oviedo has been injured. Um, so all the left backs have had spells where they've been out. Um, Matthew, obviously I say Matthew's been injured and lion came in there and He's he's been fit and available and he's done a you know a decent job there um, centre backs I know that you know Flanagan's had a few you know knocks and he didn't start the season over the course of the season you'd probably see that Flanagan's been the best right of away. the four yeah. obviously Ozturk clearly wasn't fit at the start of the season um, not to injury I don't know well, no, he did have an injury in pre-season actually didn't he um, and then I think maybe you know what we were talking about before about maybe having this bounty of options and as a result messing it up Dunn might have you know they've brought him in probably thought right we'll stick him straight in he's going to play and he hasn't delivered really has he so then it becomes a problem the Burton and Coventry games where we've played four four two and completely exposed them hmm. Coventry game obviously the cherry on the the cake of exposing your center backs in yeah. terms of the result, and then he has to change the two center backs you know for the next game because you can't play them again after that. but if I think if we'd gone with a five in the middle against Coventry, they wouldn't have conceded four goals No. Yeah. so but it's a mix it's a mixture, isn't it? It's not just the individuals yeah. it's it's a few different factors including yeah. team selection, and the manager himself who's maybe. Put pressure on those individuals, Mm. and when they haven't delivered, I mean Baldwin is definitely a confidence player, isn't he? I mean we saw in the African game, didn't we? What happened there? He had an absolute nightmare, and then went disappeared again. He's disappeared again. Now we haven't seen him since Coventry, have we? He hasn't even been in the squad. Um, So I guess he has to. It has to be one of two of Flanagan, Ozturk, and 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 done now, doesn't it? Is it, but then if he changes, it takes Fannigan out, brings Dun back in because that was a combo that got the last nil-nil. It's like, well, he's changed the defence again. Do you just be right? Listen, lads, you're going to have to just you know, find your form. Yeah.
2: It is odd because I mean, playing center off myself, that partnership between your other center off is absolutely key and across the, the back four to be able to move across together, to fill the holes, to communicate, to talk to each other. It's a massive part of the game. And to keep chopping and changing, and and maybe your other centre halves not quite on it, that 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 infests itself in, in terms as well. So, but unfortunately, the lads have just got to wipe what's gone on the last few games out of their heads because ultimately, if the lads perform and we get a clean sheet again, and then the confidence rises, and that's what we need. That's what we've got to hope for as fans, because ultimately, if we worry, if we can we can pick holes. In, in the which formation we're playing, who's playing where. But ultimately, it just comes down to 90 minutes on Saturday evening and, 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 and to see who comes out on top.
0: Who would you want to play with out of the four? Flanagan. Flanagan?
2: i will play with Flanagan. I think he attacks the ball well. Uh, and and Dunn's okay. I mean, they're all much of a muchness to me. There's not much between them. So... I guess I would look in the change room and see who was looking the most confident. I think would would how I would look at it.
0: And if you were playing the you know, who would you want either on the on the left hand side of you? For example, I think Oviedo. You want Oviedo.
2: I think uh, Hume's a fantastic player. I rate him very very highly. But again, I think it comes down to more experience <laughs> in the big games. You know, you just just got to stick stick in there. You know, just I mean, I don't want what Brian's like in terms of his communication across the line. I'm sure he's a he's a International, I'm, I'm sure he works that way, and then you've got 0-9 on the right. So that's th- your that's your four.
1: There shouldn't even really be a debate about Oviedo, should there? I know, and, ul- well, and ultimately, I know. there's you know you've you've got to ask ask questions of him in that sense because there absolutely should not be a debate about whether he should be starting ahead of Denver Hume, who's got what 15 senior appearances in his career. It shouldn't be a debate. Brian Oviedo should be so the best have, in that, the have that position locked yeah. down to such a massive extent. That we're not even discussing it, and you know we can talk about the management, and that's that's absolutely fine. But particularly in the last month, not enough players have, have put their hands up and taken opportunities. Mm-hmm. And I would say Oviedo's the the perfect example of that. You know, for a player of his experience and and, and quality, he's he's not done anywhere near enough in games. And I, personally, I would go for him again on Saturday for the reasons we've just talked about his experience and his quality. But it it really shouldn't be a debate. It shouldn't be a discussion we're having. And the fact we, the fact that we're having that discussion, you know. Tells you that what he's done over the last month or so is not is not being good enough.
0: So the front three, I was thinking, um, wide through the middle, um, definitely. obviously would you and Morgan on the other side? Has yeah. to be, percent. I think I think
2: when we talked about Maguire and he has played a couple of games, but don't quite at his, quite at his best. So I think impact player maybe bring him on. I think that's, that's about his best weakness for Maguire. I just
0: think I'd be tempted to find a way to get him in. I'd be tempted, and this is going to be. Some might say it's not controversial. Others will, but I'd be tempted to to drop Honeyman and put him in in front of the two, especially see so decide to go back to Leadbitter and yeah. Catamore, where we've probably been our most productive after Christmas with those two in the middle. Yeah, and I've, I like Power. I think he's done well recently, but I'd be tempted maybe, especially with what um leadbitter gives you from set pieces, because yeah. every opportunity is going to be vital in terms of you know chances to score. I'd be tempted to go with him and and cut them all in there and Maguire in front, and that's I not that, and that's not because of dislike. Um, I Honeyman, know, I just feel as though he links he link that play, he linked the
2: play. I agree. And I think that would be the first change. I think if anything was going wrong or we needed a change, I think... I and think
0: mind you, um, Morgan runs out of steam after 60 minutes, so there's an argument to say he could start Maguire and bring Morgan on or take Morgan off and bring I Maguire think, on wide.
2: I think, by those things, Jack Rocks likes the legs, he likes Morgan. You know, he's, he's busy, I just see. Yeah. I mean, he is running his heart out for 60 minutes. I mean, you, you can take that and say it's the same as, as George Honeyman. I mean, he he runs around. I mean, I mean sometimes we can always... Uh, doubt his his quality at times and you know he gets a bit of stick George but again you you, you cannot cannot limit his his commitments this is fantastic he, I mean he just has the legs around and I think that's what the manager will go for early doors and then if he needs to change it he'll bring on a bit of guile in in, in Maguire
1: what about yourself Phil um I did I would I would agree with you I think I would I, I want to get led bit Back in that side somehow um, and i think power would have to be the one to make way because i think catmull picks himself yeah. he's the first name on my team sheet for it for a game like this i just think the one i think the set pieces thing could be important but i just think led although he was you know disappointed south end i just think when we talk about the balance of the side and also protecting those center backs i think when sunderland have been at their best in the last few months it's because grant is constantly shown for the ball he's always there to take the ball he'll always take the ball off the center backs always offer an option and I think if you want to try and, you know, as we talked about with Portsmouth, you want them to get them chasing the ball, get them chasing you for an hour, make them feel under pressure, get the crowd going. And I think the way that Ledbetter, if he's at his best, can, can set the tempo and control the game. I think you've got to get him in the team. And then it probably does come down, as you said, to between Maguire and Honeyman, which is a difficult one because I would go for Maguire just because of that character, the way he links up the play, the runs he makes. But George, from what for me, the season tends to be very, very effective in the first half disrupts things, gets about, makes really good runs into the channels beyond the striker and then he's one of those players who sometimes in the second half isn't as effective and can drop deeper and deeper and he can get sucked into dropping in. So it's a really interesting debate because do you play Honeyman because he tends to be effective early on because of that energy and then you can bring Maguire on because of his intelligence in terms of the positions he pulls into when the game gets a bit more stretched. I'm not sure it's a it's a it's a really big, but it's got op-
0: options, isn't it? And this is maybe why it's been so difficult for the manager to pick the team at times. I know you're saying, Lee, you know, it's it's his job and all that, but it's it's dif- it's difficult to do that and get that balance right with that group he's got. What I would say about Maguire is I just think he's a big he's a big occasion. You know, the thing about part of the Peterborough game at the time, which was like the big game, wasn't it? The mm-hmm. first probably big game of the season when we played Peterborough and he was unbelievable in the first yeah. half he Another was just game ridiculous. the game you know, oh, no. in the first half he was just ridiculous and then the second half you know when he cr- we were down to 10 men he you know pulls the ball down out of the sky and puts a perfect cross in for the for the for the goal that puts in the lead you know he can i just think when Maguire he can just do like Maguire can do something in the moment i would say Maguire is the other one who can do something who could in a game where you're playing Dreadfully, but you've managed to stay in it, and it's nil-nil. He might stick one in the top corner yeah. from twenty-five yards.
2: No, no. If you remember, I was a early the season yeah, were, no, yeah. when I was only one that said, "I don't think I like McGuire's quality." <laughs> yeah, and so I remember that, that day. Yeah, I just, just <laughs> have you but written that down and bring in? I've, I've, got remember, yeah. I've got the date. I've got the diat. Yeah, but I think the lads just he's just come back from a broken foot. I mean, there's yeah, there's only so much you can do, and to start them is would be a, a real real big test and and do you know what he started the
0: last two and he yeah but
2: they're not as gonna be as big as this and i think what i've seen from jack ross i think he'll go with his tried and trusted you know formation in terms of better of legs honeyman will push we he'll he'll run all day he'll, he'll bump forward he'll do it um, if i get 45 minutes an hour out of him great morgan i'll do the same and then i can change because yeah. The bench is strong, and I think. I mean, what,
0: what more could come back into contention? I, mean, I guess we'll find out tomorrow. He's been training. Yeah, second leg, I think. Yeah, I mean, if he's ready to to be involved in the bench, you have got to stick him on there at the moment. Because, as I say, with with Gucci, I don't think it's just not a change you'd, you'd make in the game, in, in my opinion. It, I think the reaction. The I think that reaction from the crowd wouldn't wouldn't help wouldn't help Gucci no. either. I, th- I think
2: I think the yeah, I think what more would come and be. He's not. Being,
0: he's not. He wasn't great when he came back into the team. And obviously the same thing is gonna be the case where he's not gonna be fit mm. and he was still gaining fitness when he got injured. But you've got three games. You know, you've got to just is who's gonna give you the best chance of doing something in one of those games? Is it gonna be Lyndon Gooch or is it gonna be Duncan Watmore? At the moment I'd say it would be Duncan Watmore. you give Duncan fifteen minutes and just says go you on. Yeah. And he can. Put them under pressure, yeah. get in behind them. Yeah. Um yeah, I think uh we've basically kind of agreed on what the team should be in some respects but maybe <laughs> I think I think most know.
1: I think most of it picks itself to be yeah. honest. I think the last couple of games have kind of determined that you know the players who could have made it potentially difficult probably haven't to be to be brutally honest. I think it boils down to a, we kind of know what shape he'll play broadly. It just boils down to kind of like one or two decisions I think and probably whether you go with Honeyman or whether you go with Maguire is probably going to be be the big talking point I think and and he'll probably tell us a lot about how he's going to approach the game.
0: Finally, people we'll kind of sum that up there, I think. You know, I think, talked about that enough. The fear <laughs> to <started>, like, <laughs> in my body. Um, on a slightly lighter note, Lee, yeah. you've been out. Shout out to NASA. Yeah. Not the space station people. No, no, no. Um, not the space America. station people, is that what? That's what Donald Trump would probably call them. Yeah. The space station guys. <laughs> um, yeah, not them. North American Sports Association you went out there didn't you for their um, AGM um, you know and did some bits and bobs uh, yeah, it out was there what was that like?
2: Absolutely fabulous I mean I, I wished I could name out all of them but I, obviously I mean uh, Rachel was the one who, who organised it for us with uh, actually, Toronto is it? Yeah, and, yeah. Uh, and, and and Degsy was the first one to, to uh, contact us I think uh, I couldn't go last year uh, because I was actually on my own summer holiday and thought I'd missed the chance but Thank, thank god they uh, they invited me again <laughs> uh, it was a fabulous time arrived hospitality was fantastic and, and obviously it's a, it's a it's a general mix of expats and, and, and some Americans who've just just fell in love with Sunderland
0: what's the passion like for Sunderland for those people who are not indigenous to these parts I mean what I mean why why are they support in Sunderland
2: I think some of them have, have come over uh, one story was uh, was was, was a lad who just came up for one year to study and his his friend was a Newcastle fan and took him twice and then they got he went enemy now. Yeah, and then he went <laughs> then he went to Sunlam Sunderland, Sunderland Game at Rocker Park and he just fell in love and, and he's and he's been in love ever since and that was and that was, you know, fifteen years ago. So and this is the sort of stories you get from them and people who they still try to come over and that they meet. Uh, it's a 10 o'clock kickoff in the morning, and uh, but they, they meet regular to every game. And it's, and it's just great to feel that passion and, and obviously having a few beers with them after the game and in some, some of the evenings.
0: It was a Portuguese game you were there for, wasn't yeah,
2: it? Yeah, yeah. And they, again, it's the same. I could have been anywhere, anywhere in Sunderland with a bunch of fan, fanatical fans, and they're just. Uh, it was just it was just fabulous, and obviously if they'll be listening because they say they listen to all the podcasts uh, on the way to work, and they'll they'll pick this up. And yeah. so again, a, a massive massive thank you to them all. They, they, were, they were fantastic.
0: Is anybody uh, there on the back of Sunderland until I die, or is it too early for them to join yet? Was anyone there mentioned it? Yeah, yeah, they've 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 seen it, and no, I'm just saying people who like weren't Sunderland supporters and watched it and then decided. I, I I did
2: ask I did ask the question. I think some of them haven't come on the back of it, but when they've gone to work themselves, and, and some of them, some of them have watched it and, and and thoroughly enjoyed it, and now
0: now obviously <laughs> thoroughly enjoyed it. Well, in
2: terms of <laughs> yeah. there's only Sunderland fans don't enjoy it. I yeah, mean, it's, yeah. it's a football story and how yeah. how bloody horrible it was, and how yeah. we felt. I think people have a bit of empathy for us in yeah. terms of what went on and how we do, and I think. It has put Sunland on the map in, in, in places that we probably never even recognised. But again, I think, I think it can only be a good yeah. thing. But we just need a bit more success. And I think that if we can get that, if we can get up, I think that will build.
0: It's funny, actually, because um, when we had the guys from 4173 on, we did that special with them. And um, they were basically saying, we asked them a question at the end, if you could film... Um, Something until I die, yeah. in any season in the past, which season would it be um and I can't remember who it was who said it, yeah, but um, basically they said that the season they'd pick was when we played Charlton in the playoff final, yeah, so it's on it's on <laughs> it's still there it's on the cover yeah. the the remake is on um, of that season, nearly twenty <laughs> nearly twenty years I, as I hope, well, since it that, doesn't since it turn it out happened. this year. Well, absolutely. not. I don't think Mitty is playing anymore. So, you know, he's not <laughs> going to miss that penalty, is he? Yeah. Maybe it'd be someone else. Lee Catmull's already missed one. Tell you what's going to happen. We'll play Charlotte in the final. Lee Catmull's score last minute winner. That's what's going to happen.
2: Yeah. I nearly put two code on Liverpool winning 4-0, but then I, Did the, you? The, I don't yes. think you
0: would have got very good odds, you know. I was looking. They weren't that really? great. No, yeah. no. There was, the, the, the odds weren't that great on it, to be honest. But
2: hey, that's why we love football. And I think that's why people will turn out on, on Saturday night because yeah. we just. We always we always yeah. believe, don't
0: we? I think those uh, Barcelona centre backs might have had a few quid on Liverpool winning four 0 like especially that corner. I mean, I don't want to digress too much, but like, is that the best corner I've ever ever seen? Is, is, is us being rubbish at set pieces all season and just booting the ball out at the far post or hitting yeah. everything? That was, was unbelievable. Um, but, yeah.
2: Yeah, but as a, as, a, as a Barcelona fan or Barcelona coach, and you're looking at them players not looking at the ball, um, and that is just schoolboy stuff. It's, it's incredible that's the semi final of the European Cup and mm. yeah, Champions League.
0: But hopefully, on Saturday, um, we can sort of generate an element of the level of atmosphere that was in Anfield on, on Tuesday night. And, you know, they were in a far greater, you know, hole than, than we are. And, you know, we've gone toe-to-toe with uh, Portsmouth. We haven't beaten them this season, but we've been good enough to beat them when we can beat them on Saturday. So, if you haven't got your ticket yet or you think them are going Go and get it. Get it. And get, get behind the lads on Saturday. It doesn't matter what's gone on before. The season's done like Lee was saying. It's finished. It's in the past. We've got three games now. A winning the draw in the next two. That'll do the job. Get to the final. We'd love a 1-1 in the second leg. We've won the first leg. <laughs> Nobody would be moaning about one then. And then anything can happen in the final. Yeah, so you never know. Doncaster might be sharp.
1: You, you could, you could
0: one-one your way all the way to the championship. one <laughs> <brilliant>. draw on penalties. <laughs> one-one, <Yeah. laughs> just a bit like what we was one-one in that. Well, was one-one for ages. Wasn't it in that Man United yeah. semi-final?
1: One-one all the way. Yeah, but yes, that would be the best way to go
0: with a one-one draw. Yeah, and then uh, on penalties. penalties. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. I, I'll just take a simple victory in the final. <laughs> I, I don't think. I couldn't think. I'd take penalties again. At, at Wembley. Thanks very much. But yeah, as I say, get get down to the ground on on Saturday and and back them, and you know, I think they'll do it for us. Yep. Thanks yep. for listening.